in the immortal words of Frank Kumasoto, study and grow strong. This is Road Warrior Otwell. Yeah, so I was uh, checking out the magic forums this morning, and uh, Ackerman posted an interesting question that got me thinking. He said, quote, So I was having this debate with a couple other people on another forum. Since somebody started it, and this was the sum of the question. What is the best win condition in magic? A, reducing your opponent's life total to zero. B, causing your opponent to deck himself. C, you win cards, alternate win conditions. Or D, your opponent loses cards, another form of alternate win conditions. And his basic answer was, it's like, well, the obvious one. It's, of course, you know, make your opponent go to zero. And it's like, well, all right, it got me to thinking. If you're a true spike, sure, that's your objective is to get your opponent down to zero. However, what is the psychological implications of that or your psychological motivation of that? If you want to make a point, if you, are you looking solely to win in an efficient manner? Then sure, yeah, you want to go with the most efficient route, almost always aggro, almost always beat down to make your opponent's life zero. That's the most efficient route. However, or... Do you consider, quote, the best win condition in Magic? Also, that has psychological implications in it as well. For instance, the alternate win conditions, like Battle of the Wits. When you beat somebody, you make them feel that pain. Not just beat them to win the game, because if you hit zero, the the pain and the feeling of the pain, the fact they lost, the acceptance of the fact they lost, that all comes and goes in a matter of seconds to minutes. Because everyone's desensitized to the fact you lose by zero life. Everybody understands that. That's the basic rule of the game. That's how you're expected to lose the game. However, now if you're one of those players like, oh, me, for instance, who sometimes like to make a point to people and uh, make them feel the after effects of that, you do other types of wins, such as millstones or battle of wit. See, the, the thing was, for the longest time in Magic, is the one of the most frustrating wins to have in the game, or most frustrating ways to lose the game, and usually pissed off your opponent, pissed off your opponent thin enough where you wouldn't want to generally want to play again, was to flat out deck them with a millstone, or other similar means. You just mill their library to death, they feel robbed, they feel cheated, they feel, they, they don't feel like it was a, a, val- a, a valuable game, and a lot of times it just gives them the psychological piss off mode that they don't want to put up with that again, and they're not going to play you because of it. And they can be mad at you for like an hour because of it, or more, depending on domestic in, domestic circumstances involved in that. Now, say, for instance, you play Battle of the Wits in a tournament or whatever, right? And the, you, whenever you play against someone playing Battle of the Wits, you always feel like he's got to get lucky to win. You have this in, you have this innate thought process. It's like, all right, the only way I lose this match is if he's lucky, because all I have to do is put pressure on him and beat him in time. He can't deal with all my threats. He has to draw incredibly well to, to win games, blah, 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 blah. Whereas the person playing the Battle of Wits is like, all right, I'm going to... I'm going to toy with my deck, I'm going to tinker with my deck, search it, search it, search it, draw cards, draw cards, draw cards, toy around, toy around, all right, boom, battle what's in play, I win. And then your opponent feels like like he's got this empty feeling, he just got robbed of a game. It's like, I was winning this game, how did I just lose this game? And it, feel, it feels like a hollow, a hollow feeling of loss, like you just had something stolen from your life and you don't understand what it was you got stolen. And it, and it could take a while to get over that. Now, it's not a frustrating loss, it's more of a hollow... It's a hollow, you, how did I just have this thing, how did I have victory just ripped out of the hands of, or how did, how did you rip victory out of hands of defeat kind of mode? And, or you top decked and got lucky, and I only lost the luck. So it gives you this kind of a pissed off but hollow feeling sensation, whereas if you say mill somebody to death, it's a gro- slow grinding process where they can't really stop you. They feel frustration from watching you put cards in their graveyard, which in actuality is, this millstone in actuality, all it is is say, all right, over the course of 20 turns, I pay two mana, 
And if you can beat me within 20 turns, you win. If not, I put these cards at the bottom of your deck, really. Because at least those, those one-third of your deck or one-half of your deck, you were never going to see anyways if you could win. It just happens to be if the card, you know, the deck was truly random and there was no manipulation. It would be really, it's just that all you did was like, all right, I play this card. You now have half a deck. Can you beat me in half a deck? But, well, you know, it puts the cards in the graveyard in actuality about milling. And, but it's a slow grinding thing. And it's a grinding, frustrating, you can't stop it kind of mood that make, gives you this frustration level that you, it's hard to explain, but you walk away from it pissed off and feeling frustrated because you watched your deck get milled and you hate to lose to being, being decked. That's one of, the, one of the things that almost everybody will concede before they're actually physically decked when they see the writing on the wall. Be it Gay's Blessing, be it Millstone, be it Whetstone or, any, or Wet Wheel or any other combination of similar cards. They would rather concede the match than watch their opponent go through the motions of beating them in the match, simply because it's less frustrating to have to concede the match in that case. So you have the psychological implications of how you beat somebody in a game. Now, is that true? There's lots of different ways to do it. And then it's not necessarily, you know, any... I, you, can, you can argue the most right way to do it is by turning them in sideways, going into red zone, throwing burn at creatures or at players. Yeah, but it's also the easiest to, uh, as a control player, it's the easiest one to uh, uh, divert or prevent from dying to, although it still is not always successful. Basically, it's the idea of you have to ask questions and does your opponent have the answers to those questions. The person playing the control deck has to be able to have the answers. So, um, but that, that also is like, well, your opponent loses effects. It's like, well, if you lose to a page, you feel stupid. You have this internal feeling of stupid and stupor come over you that I just lost to a really bad card. I just lost to a really dumb mechanic. And I should have been able to stop that mechanic. But I couldn't draw something to stop that mechanic. Uh, same with poison counters. Assuming the fair attack of poison counters, not the unfair attack via the flash plus protein hulk plus virulent slivers plus haste sliver. You know, if you're doing the actual sliver, 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 drop poison, sliver, attack for 10, attack for 10, you know. Or the perfect example of uh, that being the recent Pro Tour earlier this year where a couple of brand, a couple of newcomers, first time to the Pro Tour, decided to go with the sliver attack plan and completely blow out a Pro Tour because of strategy. They flat out just understood that if we get slivers that can be, uh, cannot be blocked and come in swarms, we need to beat you with damage or we'll beat you with poison and we'll take either option. And we take the versatility of all the different options to win the game with, but... Yeah. Well, poison is a lot more acceptable, though, in, in small quantities. In that one case, the best poison card ever created has been Virulent Sliver, without a doubt. And that may trail back the use of some poison counters if they had considered using poison at some point in the future. That'll probably have a development team re reanalyze how effective poison can be if made tournament quality, because virulent is definitely tournament quality. So it's also potentially dangerous by the fact of putting it on a sliver. But like you know, Phage, the Untouchable, she's a cool card. A lot of a lot of people like her. She's she's high popularity and casual among the, especially among the crowd who tries to beat you with the big fat creature who you can't stop to wins the game automatically. But everybody knows it's. In tournament settings, it's just a bad card that actually should never work. And if it ever does work, you feel really embarrassed if you ever lose to it. But it's more of a feeling of embarrassment and make you want to leave than a, and have to face the rest of your friends knowing the fact you just lost to a phase. But it's, it's kind of cool in a multiplayer setting where, you know, lots of things happen, lots of things deal with it keeps everything in balance. Door to Nothingness is kind of the same way. You untap with the Door of the Nothingness and you win with it. People feel you got lucky. People feel whatever it is that you just won with was, was janky. It's a bad card. It is a bad rare. But, you know, all the other similar, your opponent loses effects except for the Virulent Silver falls under that category. But, you know, you feel like, all right, I just lost to a really bad card that I should never have to see again. Or, 
be embarrassed because you lost to a really bad guard. So it's like, do you feel... So when you're winning the game, is your motivation to win by the most efficient means possible? Win by outplaying your opponent and having dominating your opponent's ability to play the game, i.e. control. Um, most efficient method is i.e. aggro. Uh, or sometimes combo, if combo gets a little bit out of control. It can also be the most efficient means to win somebody win a game, but it also takes interaction out of the game. Or do you want to beat somebody and make them feel the after the psychological after effects of it too? So you have the options like, well, I just stole this game from you and won this game outright, and you couldn't do anything to stop me, or because I was you know lucky on the draw, or whatever you want to feel like. Or do you want to give like the psychological grinding? I can't believe me, you're beating me this way. Why are you putting me through the motions? Attitude with a millstone. So you know, that was an interesting idea, an interesting question you had. My uh, so I responded to him with something along those same lines that I just recorded. So I figured that'd be an interesting thing to throw out there. So it kind of comes down to: Do you feel like in the end, are you only interested in winning quickly or decisively, or are you both interested in winning and are you interested in leaving a bad taste in you, bad taste in your opponent's mouth by doing so? That's basically just a, is it 20 life, the most efficient means, or all the other options. If you if you in the kind of person who enjoys beating somebody by leaving a bad taste in their mouth, well, you know, cards like Millstone and Battle of the Wits are for you and for me. As an addendum to that, I'd also like to point out that Planeswalkers are now another category of alternate win conditions themselves. They're, in, a, in essence, at least Jace's for a fact. Um, the other ones are generally that they're not quite the same as creatures, they're not quite the same as turning men sideways. They have a major impact on the game. They make you have to deal with them. Or you know you'll lose because you couldn't deal with them. Uh, they're kind of along the same lines of, of what like Battle of the Woods does, except slower and in a normal 60-card deck as opposed to a humongous deck. You know, Especially my favorite one to play with so far has been Jace Belloran, by far the weakest of the, of the five probably as well, only because I like to mill people to death. And I also loved Mika Koro as one of my favorite lanes of all time. So, you know, I have no problem drawing a card and making my opponent draw a card, and eventually just blowing up for 20 millstones, because it fits my personality style quite a bit in how I like to play out of games. Um, the most effective tournament quality Planeswalker is Garok, without a doubt the ability to untap lands when he comes into play, and then make either creatures, or either make a creature or untap lands and play out more threats from your hand, and then eventually build up enough to just go, bam, all these guys now are huge and attacking with Trample. It is uh, by far the most effective and straightforward Planeswalker of them all. Um, a Johnny I didn't really respect at all, and, but it's really annoying given your ability to give all your creatures vigilance. Still, gaining life is kind of, eh, whatever. It's kind of a meh ability. But the ability to give all your creatures vigilance, if you have, like, two to four creatures, can be really good in some situations. And you always have the threat of... Like, well, all right, I've got a 15-15 now. But it's also probably one of the easier ones to have to deal with without having to sideboard anything special or bring in any additional types of cards. It's probably the easiest one to deal with because of what it does. If you're going to beat up creatures, you're already beating up all the creatures. If you're burning all the creatures, he's not going to live. And the life game is irrelevant for the majority of games anyways. So the second most powerful constructed playable Planeswalker is probably Chandra Alar. Chandra is ridiculous for how good of an ability she has. It gets her counters doing points of damage. You effectively is like, all right, ping, 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 boom. It's like tick, 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 boom. Kind of a, kind of attitude or effect. The ability to just pick up counters by doing points of damage is like, all right, fine. Or you can take off counters and wipe out practically anything in play, which is also a very neat, nice ability to have the option of. And if you ever sit around not be able to take care of it, it just goes nuclear on you and uh, wins you the game outright. So... It's probably the most second most playable planeswalker of them all. The third most planes 
most playable one is the black one because of the discarding, the reusable discard effect. Uh, and it's unlikely anyone's ever going to actually use the ability that brings all the creatures into play, but if you did, your opponent should realize he's losing the game at that point anyways, and probably won't even let you get to that, to that final blow. Whereas, a Johnny, you have to sometimes blow it up, just cause, you have to use the last ability to blow up the Planeswalker just because. Then Jace, if he ever gets to that point where he does get to use his third ability, the big ability, the nuclear ability, it almost always is the game winner ability. But he doesn't do a ton. He just he, He's kind of like man in play until he blows up. But, you know, giving people extra cards, like, yeah, all right, fine. Gonna draw a couple extra cards, all right, fine. Whatever, 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 boom, all right. Yeah, you've done that for far, far too long now. But it's not going to outright win you the game most of the time unless it's sealed. And, yes, I have won a match by doing it both games and sealed pretty much before. So I log in there to Joe for the first time in a while. And I go to Marketplace and it seems to be broken because it's no longer a chat channel or something. It looks like a message board, which looks like the other two message boards, which doesn't make any sense. So I couldn't go looking for the bots that I was looking for to sell stuff to to make some tickets or to buy the complete set of a play set of Lauren's commons and uncommons like I wanted to get. So I go to slash auction. I type in looking to buy the complete playset, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I get a mute. What the hell is that? From gathering that some Gleemax post that I went after that, went over and looked at, apparently they put in some new policy that are banning people for failing to use the word buying or selling in the chat room, in the auction room, as opposed to looking to buy, blah, blah, blah. That seems like a bunch of BS right there. Let's talk about some censorship going on from Watsy now. I hope some people sit there and rethink that decision because that is going down a bad slippery slope right there. 